0: I saw you do that and you are busted. This is the Lifespring Family Audio Bible, and coming to you from Riverside, California, podcasting since 2004, I'm your OG award-winning Godcaster, Steve Webb. This is the daily podcast where we're reading through the entire Bible in a year. I hope you're doing well today, welcome. Today our reading is Matthew 17 through 19, and I'm calling the episode, What a memory! Let's get started. Matthew chapter 17 Now after six days Jesus took Peter, James, and John his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with him. Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise, and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Now as they came down from the mountain, Jesus commanded them, saying, Tell the vision to no one until the Son of Man is risen from the dead. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then did the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Jesus answered and said to them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and will restore all things. But I say to you that Elijah has come already, and they did not know him, but did to him whatever they wished. Likewise, the Son of Man is also about to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he spoke to them of John the Baptist. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and the third day he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the temple tax? He said, Yes. And when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? Peter said to him, From strangers. Jesus said to him, Then the sons are free. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes up first. And when you have opened its mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me and you. Matthew chapter 18. At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them, and he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of the things that cause people to stumble. Such things must come, but woe to the person through whom they come. If your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. But when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman." commits adultery. The disciples said to him, If this is the situation between a husband and wife, it is better not to marry. Jesus replied, Not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others, and there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who can accept this should accept it. Then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them, but the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Then he placed his hands on them and went on from there. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad, because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will be there for us? Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Today I'm going to comment on chapters 17 and 18. Now, in chapter 17, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain, away from everyone else. I think he took these three for a reason. Peter was always the most outspoken. James would be the first of the apostles to be martyred, and James' brother John was the one whom Jesus loved and who would be with Mary at the foot of the cross. Also, according to Old Testament law, two or three witnesses were needed to confirm a testimony. Three witnesses are obviously better than two. Now, knowing what would soon be happening to him, Jesus wanted these three to see him in his glory. He knew that they would need this memory to carry them through in the dark days ahead and in their mission to proclaim the good news. Not only did they see Jesus in his clothing shine, but they heard the voice of God say, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased, not to mention seeing Moses and Elijah. Jesus knew that with this memory they would be encouraged. We have the written word. All they had were memories of what they saw and heard. What a memory! What a powerful event to think back on. Let's talk a little bit now about chapter 18. There are a lot of people who seem to be unaware of what Jesus said in regards to judging others. Let me read what Jesus said again. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. Now, I can hear some of you saying, but Steve, in my translation it says, if your brother or sister sins against you. Man, you'd be right. Many translations do include the words, against you. And when those words are added, the meaning of this passage changes, doesn't it? After all, if you sin against me in some way, it's only logical that I would have the right to bring it to your attention. So, why do some translations leave out those two words, and why do some include them? Well, I did some digging in my library and found that in the original Greek, the words, against you, are not included. So that would seem to indicate that Jesus said, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. But being the careful sort when it comes to Bible study, I looked up some similar passages. For example, Luke 17, 3 says, So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Well, I looked up the Greek for this verse, and guess what? Against you is not there. Galatians 6, 1 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you may also be tempted. So it looks like we might have a trend here, doesn't it? But again, being careful, I called my brother-in-law, who is a pastor, to ask this question. And together we looked at the language and found that, against you, is not in the original Greek. Some translators do include the words in parentheses, which means that they are implied or perhaps added later. Now, I can almost see why these translators see that the words are implied if we continue in the chapter to verse 21, when Peter asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? But when we look at the Greek here, the words against me are included. So, in my opinion, if Jesus meant to say against you in verse 15, he would have said it. So, where does that leave us? Here in Matthew and in several other verses of the New Testament, we're taught that when we become aware of fellow believers' sin, we must first go to them privately and gently, with humility, point it out to them. Why? Well, because unrepented sin keeps us from having the kind of relationship with God that He wants. The motivation is not to say, hey, I saw you do that and you are busted, but to point out their error so that they can confess their sin and be restored to God. If they refuse, then we're to take two or three others to meet with that one in error. If they still refuse, the church should be made aware. And if they continue to refuse, then Jesus said to treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? (laughs) But wait, it isn't harsh at all. How did Jesus treat pagans and tax collectors? With love. My goodness, after all, Matthew, the writer of this book, was a tax collector before Jesus came into his life. Believers are to treat pagans and tax collectors as people who sorely need the redemption provided by the shed blood of Jesus. When a brother or sister refuses to deal with their sin by confessing it, we're to treat them as if they're at square one, as someone who does not know the love of Christ. Do we reject that type of person? Heaven forbid! No! I'd love to hear what you think. Agree? Disagree? What are your thoughts? Do you have any questions? Comment at comment.lifespringmedia.com or email me at steve at lifespringmedia.com or comment on the show notes page for this episode. I always read your comments and sometimes I share them on the show. I do want to hear from you. Tomorrow we'll be reading from Romans. We'll read chapters 13 and 14. Boost. This day in church history, October 16th, 1701. In Saybrook, Connecticut, the Rev. John Pierpoint obtained a charter to establish the Collegiate School under the auspices of a group of Congregationalists who were dissatisfied with the growing liberalism at Harvard. The Collegiate School later changed its name to Yale University. And in 1812, on October 16th, Henry Martin died. He was an Anglican missionary to India in Persia, During his brief ministry, Martin translated the New Testament into Urdu and Persian. I'm so thankful for those of you who are faithful with your giving, either through streaming sats, boosting, or with dollars. Without you, the show cannot go on seven days a week, and I thank God for you. Now, if you've not yet donated, please consider it. If you receive value from the show, return a portion of that by, well, one of several ways. You can text to give by texting 182921 to 18555757888 or check out all the different ways to give at support.lifespringmedia.com. When you give, you're helping to spread the good news of a risen Christ. God bless you. Well, it's a quiet day in the prayer request department. If you'd like to send a prayer request, I'll pray for you in my daily private prayer time, and we'll pray together on the show. Go to prayer.lifespringmedia.com. Well, it's a bit of a short show today. Until tomorrow, may God bless you richly. Thank you so much for being here. I enjoy our time together. My name is Steve Webb. Bye.